0: Day will come hello, hello, what's up, what's up, you know, I just, like, I was just, like, getting in the mood last night, and, like, listening to, like, a lot of, like, Amy Winehouse, and Josh Stone, and, like, Adele, and I just wanted to, like, really lay down something to talk to 21 Savage, I just wanted to send out, like, a message, to, like, my other, like, my sister, you know, like, another, like, British, like, soul, like, sister, we're here for you, don't give up, all right, like we're ready to eat like some eggs and beans that's waiting for you too what's up what's up what's up it's your girl Kalechi aca hey welcome to another episode of kicking kombucha thank you so much for blessing us with your auditory presence um yeah If you don't know where you are and it's your first time, stay tuned because it's only going to get weirder from here. But for those of us who don't know, Cake and Kombucha is a place where we gather to talk about, you know, current events, politics, thoughts, concepts, social media, people I ran into, pigeons that tweeted at me at the street, really anything. Um, I like to research things, give you the facts, give you the lay of the land, and everything you hear is going to be true, but it's going to be accompanied by a lot of my opinion. So I always recommend that you follow it up with a healthy dose of NPR afterwards. They really don't pay me to say that. I just like NPR. I'm a well-rounded person. I listen to NPR while I put my extensions on in the morning, like everyone else. So without further ado, I think we should just get right into it um my current event this week is yesterday was my birthday hey I'm tired look a girl is tired okay she had to work she had some auditions she had to shoot a commercial this week um a man so here's a fun story I was shooting a commercial it was an exterior shot in Philadelphia which I think is so it's interesting because it's like New York except it's not as populated so like the weird people just kind of, like, stick out like they're the ensemble of, like, like we're in a musical and, like, there's the town crazy person. It's just more accessible and homey, but just as crazy. I don't know if I'm doing a good job of like, explaining it, but we were shooting a spot that's all about... It's for an insurance company. It's about helping people, and I was helping a woman. I'm a businesswoman, and we're in our corporate gear, and I helped someone that tripped and fell and hurt herself off the ground. This man came behind the police line and was screaming, y'all not even the baddest bitches in here. Y'all not even the baddest bitches here. Take a picture of her. Then he starts screaming because the woman I'm shooting with is this beautiful Sri Lankan woman. We're, you know, we're almost the same complexion, like both showing diversity in film. But he was like, why aren't you shooting her in the business suit? Talking about me. It's 2019, representation. So he went from, like, heckler to crazy to fighting for, like, diversity and representation. <laughs> so basically the crew explained that, and this happens a lot with exterior shots, which I actually didn't know, that the, the people, a lot of people will come and just cause, a well, not a lot of people, a certain type of person, will come and cause a disturbance because they know that if they act wild enough, they're going to get paid to leave the shoot alone because otherwise you're losing money and time. You know, your whole crew is there. You can't get the shot done because someone's screaming in the background. Now, he didn't know, the gag is, he didn't know that there was no sound. So he wasn't getting paid. He wasn't causing much of a disturbance other than just psychological and giving me something to share with you guys. Anyway, let's get to the first story. Ooh, okay, this this one hurt because black people, we... Love our old weathered white action stars like a Bruce Willis. I feel like Bruce Willis has been old my whole life. Like, I guess I know at some point he was young, but I feel like he was in the cradle with like a bald spot and a lot in his mind. Anyway, this is an intro to Liam Neeson. Hmm. Um, Liam Neeson is doing the press junket for his new film. The film is called Cold Pursuit. And he shared, <clears throat> excuse me, in an interview uh, that he had a story where he sought revenge. Um, this the movie *Cold Pursuit* is about a father who seeks revenge for his son after his son is killed by a drug lord's gang. Things that happen all the time. Um, so he said, in, it was some time ago, he had just come back from overseas and found out that a very close friend of his was raped. She handled the rape in the most extraordinary way, Neeson says, but my immediate reaction was, I asked, did she know who it was? No. What color were they? She said it was a black person. And then he says, I went up and down areas with a kosh, which is like a bludgeoning instrument, like a a bat, basically, hoping I'd be approached by somebody. I'm ashamed to say that, and I did it for maybe a week, hoping some black bastard would come out of a pub and have a go at me about something, you know, so that I could... You know, kill him. Okay, so that story is one that he brought up of his own um, volition. He thought it was a good story about revenge, about trying to seek revenge. Of course, the backlash was enormous and immediate. And of course, the backlash against the backlash was enormous and immediate. And to what I have to say against the backlash of the backlash is... Let people say what they want to say and judge them on the merit of what they say. If we as a nation, but also especially as like black people, I know that it gets tiresome that racism is everywhere. I know it gets tiresome that we have to go through things like this and watch people that we like chasing their kidnapped daughters around for three movies. We idolize certain people. We get disappointed to hear things like this, but let him say what he said. And here's the problem. He didn't know what he said was racist because that wasn't even the point of his story. His story was about revenge. He goes on to say that he learned better from it, and then he even compares it to, you know, he talks about how he grew up in Northern Ireland during the Troubles and seeing bombings between, you know, a Protestant church bomb, a Catholic church bomb, hunger strikes. So he's talking about political divisions between people. And yes, bigotry, you know, against religious groups is a thing, but... The problem is, he didn't bring this up as Remember, an example when doubt, of racism, I and mean, he doesn't see it ladies. that way. And Low so effort, how activist, are you going to get forgiveness for efficiency. something that you didn't even ladies. know was a problem? And, and you haven't learned yet, because then he went on the next interview and said he wasn't racist because he just wasn't. There are so many issues with his reaction. You know, down to the fact that, like, there aren't even that many black people in Ireland, so part of me thinks if this was a really close friend in your friend group and most people are you know raped by acquaintances to be quite honest, she said she didn't know the person, she didn't know what he looks like. Part of me wonders if she just made up that he was black. We see that in the media so much and historically. part of me wonders if she just said that so that because she knew that he was crazy and didn't want him to go trying to kill you know someone in their friend group, but the idea that she told you that she was raped by a black man and that means that any black man can die as tribute, that is racist. That means you do not differentiate between a group of people at all. That means you take one, switch them out with the other one. I mean, if she told him that she was raped by someone with brown hair and blue eyes, would he kill himself as revenge? I don't think so. And Robin on GMA, Good Morning America. For those of us who are not as TV <laughs> as quick with the TV acronyms, she, you know, she asked him, like, would it be the same if it was a different group? And he and then, he, you know, of course, if you ask someone, if you prompt them, at this point, he knows what the answer is. Of course, if it was a Croat,ian if it was this, if it was that, I mean, genocide is also not cool. So if you decide to go kill every Croat,ian that's that's a different kind of problems. They're all problems, and this problem is racism. That's what it is. It's racism. You probably have heard me talk at least once a show about the fact that our country has such a weird time calling things what it is, and I just don't get it. But for the icing on the cake of how people don't really understand what it is they're engaging with, Michelle Rodriguez got on the interwebs and said that there's no way he could be racist because he French kissed Viola Davis in the movie Widows. And that is how you know you are out of depth in a conversation. Is this really, this is really the level of analysis that we're all able to do? And so there's also, you know, Twitter fights going on between Wale and Terry Crews. And I stand for Terry Crews, but, you know, Terry Crews is saying, he's changed, let's forgive him, you know, people show you their hearts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's the thing, like being racist is bad and you should definitely like lose your job for the egregious racist decisions. Like, you know, blackface, a a palooza, which is just apparently what people are doing still and have always loved to do. But that doesn't, but, but on the the same token, like everyone is a little bit racist, (laughs) not to be all musical theater on you. Everyone is a little bit racist. And I don't understand how we can be like, we forgive someone, before they even get a chance to say, like, hey, I used to think this way, and now I realize why it's a problem. We cannot be so quick to fill in these gaps in people's experiences, knowledge, intelligence, that they haven't even done for themselves, because then we're just walking around with people with, half knowledge, half experience, half ability to analyze things. I mean, he he even said like, oh, this isn't something I really would have thought about as a problem like all those years ago. I mean, the story was about revenge. It was about violence. It was about how it's bad to go get back at people. That was his story about getting back at someone. Revenge means getting back at the person. Like it's not even an act of revenge, what we're talking about. It's like a symbolic lynching. And I really, I don't get how, I don't know, you know? That's my opinion, and people hear different things. I talked to my sister today, my younger sister, and she heard it a little bit differently, but she also, shout out to you, she's not as deep in the pop culture, so I think she only heard snippets of it when I actually read what it was. She was like, oh, okay. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, is it noble that he wanted to go kill the person that hurt his friend? We could even get into that, too. We could even go there. But sometime, something about the whole story is off. To me, I feel like sometimes, the same way that he's waiting for a guy to come out the bar so he can kill him, a black bastard, certain people like that are also waiting for something bad to happen to a friend of theirs. Not like waiting like they want it to happen, but they would take something like that as an opportunity to act out the aggression that they have. I mean, who's to say if killing this guy really solves you know, the problem? Apparently, he was trolling the streets, and she was like, where, where were you? And he said he was out. You know, she could have needed some comfort and been traumatized and needed someone to sit with her in her house, and you're out on the street. So it, it doesn't even sound that much like it was about the victim. It sounds like you wanted to have a fight, and you had some aggression that you wanted to take out. And he, I mean, he said so many times, it was 40 years ago, it was 40 years ago, it was 40 years ago. I just would, my wish is that in 40 years, you could have learned what racism is and be able to speak about it intelligently that's it that's that's my wish for everyone I mean that's not my only wish obviously but like it's it's a starting point And welcome to this edition of Sports Center with Kalechi AZA, where an actress gives you her thoughts on whose costume is the cutest and where that little. I'm just kidding. I, I understand sports, I know what's going on. I like playing them, don't care about the Super Bowl. And I did what I was supposed to do. I basically stewed and lamented that my favorite reality shows were on pause for the week. And imagine my surprise when I looked online and saw people complaining. About how boring the Super Bowl was. I'm like the Super Bowl, that thing that we weren't supposed to be watching because we're boycotting it. I, I don't understand. What you're not supposed to be watching it. Why? Wh- who cares if it's boring? It's boring because you're not supposed to be watching it. Don't you know a curse when you receive one? That was that was our ancestors during Black History Month coming up. And smacking us in the face because we would rather eat chicken wings than be free. Okay? Because Martin Luther King said, do you want some dip right now? Do you want to have gas? Do you want some buffalo wings and some cheesy dip? Or do you want police brutality to stop? Which one do you want? How are we going to disrespect Kaepernick like this? I mean, I'm kind of joking, but I'm actually not. I legit was confused. I I generally do wonder about the attention span of things like this because... We even talked about like how no acts were going to do the Super Bowl and Cardi B wasn't and blah, blah, blah. And then this, now we just forgot and now we're going to get on the internet and bitch about something we weren't supposed to be watching anyway. I mean, bloop. To me, it seemed like fate that it was boring. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend I watch any of the game or know what people were really complaining about in that vein, in the, in the actual gameplay vein. But I did watch the halftime show because, you know, sports, not my ministry, entertainment, sure. I watched it, and I was confused, as were many of us. So the group that finally decided to take the Super Bowl gig was Maroon 5, along with Travis Scott and Outcat, or not, see, not Outcast, Big Boy. So, I mean, you know, Adam Levine, as pretty as he is, he kind of sounded like he was singing karaoke of his own song. It was very relaxed in the beginning, very laid back. His eyes look kind of dead. I feel like he hits the high notes perfectly. And like he has, you know, a nice tenor range is really high falsetto, but like there was no energy. I was just confused. I was like, you need to take your shirt off sooner than later. That's all. I saw the pictures and memes of that. I was just like, just do it because that's the only thing I'm waiting around for at this point. So, I mean, they did their pits. They then like Squidworth from SpongeBob SquarePants came out and it sounds really random because it is. It makes no sense, and I don't have an explanation for that. I can't give you one. Travis Scott came out in some sort of a car, did like part of a song. Adam Levine jumped up and down like it was like a Zumba class or something, and then Big Boy came out without Outkast to sing an Outkast song. It was pretty incomprehensible. Um, I would have to say one of my least favorite parts was when a black gospel choir came out in robes. You know, the the gospel choir, it's de rigueur. It's it's part of what we do. When there's an inspirational moment, we have to have black people to project it onto to represent all that exuberance and wilds and celebration and just being loud because you know that's what we do. And they came out and sang behind a song that wasn't even inspirational, and I'm just I was just. I'm just Aggie. I was like, I don't, I don't agree with this. Why are you wearing church robes outside of church? Stop, take it off. The soloist was screaming at Adam Levine's guitar riffs. I think I own the wig she was wearing, I, it's $15. I, I wasn't happy with it. I didn't really like that. Um, what else happened? Nah, nothing really, I mean, he took off his shirt. It was okay. Okay, let me lie. I won't lie. It was was nice. I mean, moves like Jagger, that was the best part. He took off his shirt, and he kind of moved around a little bit like Jagger, but I want to be like, that's not the only time you're allowed to move. You don't have to just stand and look confused the rest of the time. If I were to be really, really honest and precise, it seems to me like they didn't have that much time to rehearse um, altogether, all the elements as a group, because there was just no... synergy and the seam there was no seamlessness between the acts which is like oh we're stopping now you're going to do this I don't really know where you're going to move and I'm not good at showing in my eyes not showing in my eyes that I don't know where you're going to move I I just look kind of lost it was odd but I mean I will say that it ended up being a smart business move because I saw in a report that Maroon 5's entire catalog jumped by 488 percent Travis Scott's he performed sicko mode, like literally like eight like boars, eight boars. That went up by 80%. And Outcast, the way you move, which I don't understand why it was just big boy, it soared by 3,408%. So they got money. They'll be okay. Will their souls be okay? How much does a soul cost? How much are your morals? I don't know. But yeah, like I just... I already told you guys last week, or was it two weeks ago, about the lady crying about this, not celebrating the Super Bowl. So you know that I'm a Super Bowl Grinch. I don't give a, I don't care. In 2019, it's hard to be woke AF. What does AF stand for anyway? I don't know. Oh, it looks like it stands for as fuck. If you're having trouble keeping up with wokeness or remembering who's canceled, you're not alone. So are we. I mean, why can't you just pull your dick out and shake it at people? There was a time where you could ejaculate into potted plants and force your subordinates to watch or lock your secretary in your office with a secret button under your desk and no one asked any questions. Those times aren't gone. We just can't talk about them because it's not cool. So what to do? Call Lays. Lays is a public relation agency that helps you identify social causes you have middle to zero enthusiasm for and craft a public persona around them. It's low effort and people will think you care. Just take a listen to this call. Hello, it's your Lays consultant on the line. Hi, my coworker told me it was racist that I kept asking to touch her hair, but I have a black boyfriend so that can't be possible. I understand. We can help. You need a boycott. What's that? Don't worry. We'll take care of the details. Tell me, um, what is a day like for you? Do you, do you like coffee? No, I never drink coffee. It, like, gives me diarrhea and, like, hypothermia, which is weird because it's, like, hot. Perfect. You're going to boycott Starbucks. Why? What do they do? Some black shit. Okay, no problem. My assistant will send you some articles to post on your social media and say you're outraged. Just put some crying faces on it and a lot of hashtags and you should be all set. Thank you so much. I'm so far from racist. Like, I have a black boyfriend. I know. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight M's in my bank account. In my bank account. And the beat goes, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> okay, so 21 Savage. When I heard this story, I immediately remembered that I knew that 21 Savage was someone that Amber Rose had taught to drink water. One of the little boys, these, one of those little frail rappers, with those frail looking little boys with writing all over their face. Um... Not just like the classy, like one teardrop next to the eye, like they had when I was coming up. But now we're just doing, it's like we took like a stamp from like a little, like crafts project. You know, when you were like, you were in school and you did something good and on your paper you get a stamp. It's like you just put those all over your face with the tattoo. But anyway, he is an Atlanta rapper that's come out with a certain, a good amount of bangers. And he is, it's now been released that he is a British national he moved here from London when he was 12. And he's being detained. Like the proceedings for deportation have started. Um, his real name is Shea bin Abraham Joseph. Um, that's, just, that's just a name that'll get you, that name will get you detained right there. Anyway, um, so ICE claims that the rapper, a British national, has long overstayed his visa and is thus eligible for deportation. Um, His legal team is saying, no, he's continuously been here. He's been present in the United States for almost 20 years. He has a visa application pending. I mean, I'm no scientist, but I don't think the visa application takes 20 years. But that's, you know, you ain't heard that from me. Um, They're saying that he's not subject to mandatory detention under federal law. However, he is being held in the Irwin County Detention Center, which is one of the It's famous for being a horrible, brutal place to stay. Um, Guards put people in solitary all the time. There's allegations of sexual abuse, according to reports from the detainees. And um, an agent from the ACLU, Immigrants' Rights Protection Director, says it is one of the worst immigration detention centers in the U.S. So immediately, so when this first happened, I saw the memes and... They were funny. I, I mean, they were... I'm not going to lie. Like, <laughs> there was, like, a picture of, like, Revolutionary War, like, the red coats, and it was, like, the gang's on here. Gang, gang, gang. Like, there's a picture of him writing his rap with, like, a quill. It's... I mean, there's room for... There's room for humor in just these, this, you know, Southern Atlanta rapper, thug persona. And, of course of course if if anyone's been to the uk like just because you're from the uk does not mean like you you know eating crumpets all day with your pinky turned up like they have rappers there too who and they have you know poverty and crime and all the things that people are rapping about but i mean it it was you know our memes are on point black twitter's memes the internet is the internet is swift. However, it was it, now that I've had to t- some time to think about it and to listen to what some other people thought about it, it, it is a little bit alarming that this is how this is going down. And it makes you wonder, like, how did this come about? Because I'm reading, like, a statement from an ICE official that was like, well, his entire persona that he's presented is a lie. And I'm like, are you mad? Are you just like you didn't like his music and you decided one day to be like, You're you're living a lie. Like he's he's just fake. So we gonna deport like I it's kinda weird. Like you wonder how personal it is. You wonder if this is what we are have been seeing. Like they're making examples of people and they're still finding the people of color to make examples of. Like this guy is from another first world country, he's not from a shithole country. He didn't climb over the wall, but they're going after him too. So I'm just wondering when they're going to start cracking down on the caravans of Russian women that are going down to Miami and like purposely, you know, having those pregnancy trips. Like, you can watch like 2020 about it where they have babies here so the babies can get citizenship. I mean, it's, it's, it sucks. Like, it sucks for his family, it sucks for him. I want to know more about it. I want to know you know, why now I want to know what his plan was. I'd be interested to know from, from that vantage point. And I also just, it, it, it's awkward because he was a child when he overstayed, he was like 12. So how is that his fault? I mean, you when you're 12 years old, you're not the one deciding what continent you're going to fly back and forth to and where you're going to live ultimately. So there's a lot more of the story to be uncovered. Um, one of the, you know, one of the things that come out of it was a delightful internet fight between it's just randomness here Demi Lovato and Wale so Demi Lovato said so far 21 Savage memes have been the favorite part of the Super Bowl first of all bitch you're not supposed to be watching it we already been over this but secondly I mean yeah some memes would have been my part of the Super Bowl too because the Super Bowl was allegedly boring and is always boring to me even when it's not boring but she you know she's, the memes were funny they were not not funny come on and then Wally said, why is somebody freedom funny? I don't get the joke. And then she said, Wally just salty. I never replied to his desperate tweets years ago. And then Wally said, still ain't going to disrespect you. Still praying for you, Demi. Glad you seen the old tweets. Hopefully you've seen the ones providing comfort and prayer when you were down. I don't kick people when they down. Go queen. Okay, so I mean... Oh, that. Here's the thing. I wish for her. I wish she would stay off Twitter. I just wish she wouldn't make fun of somebody's. It is a personal problem when you're getting deported, and this is someone who just came back from an overdose. And so, how people are saying, well, you can't. You know, don't go there. But where is the line? So she's deleted her Twitter now. Just stay off of it. You don't have to be on Twitter. Like you're already famous enough on your own. You could stay off Twitter. In fact. If you would just go on Instagram and just take some pretty pictures of yourself and don't write any captions underneath, that, I think, would be the best type of social media for you. Well, block all the comments underneath, too. Just just be, I know everyone has to be out here, but, like, you don't have to respond to everything. And I, I just, I do want some, like, self-awareness for her. She's been through a lot, and I just want a team to just be like, hey, let's think about this, like, before we tweet. Let's think about this or let's let's just think about we have anything to add here at all and we should ever open our mouths to make fun of anyone again because you don't want that smoke on you. You don't want that smoke. Anyway, good luck to 21 Savage and I'm going to keep you updated on what happens because this story is, is an interesting one and I'm really just, it makes me want to learn more about like, what the actual rules are and how long can you be detained? Like, just send me back. Don't put me in this crazy prison. Send me back and let me figure it out. But that's that's not a life. So I'm going to have to just rename this show The Blackface Show. I already had the Blackface uh, episode with my sister, Chinuray Azee, with Prada. She's on the news again tonight. She was just on Lester Holt, uh, on NBC with Lester Holt, because uh, Gucci released a sweater that I don't know the name for this Italian magic, but it's like a turtleneck that you pull up to your nose and it's black with big red lips as a cutout to exaggerate over your other, I mean, over your real lips, your other lips. I don't get it, but sad enough that I have to distinguish blackface scandals. Uh, the one that I really wanted to talk about was the Ralph Northam issue. He is the governor of Virginia which is just becoming a circus and so he now a yearbook photo from his medical school pictures have emerged where he's it's like him I don't know if he's the one in blackface or the one dressed as a Klansman but that's what the picture is in Virginia in like the 1960s which is like is that funny or were people still being lynched I'm gonna go with B Alex Then there's the lieutenant governor, who's the black man. He is accused of raping a colleague. And so that's a criminal matter. So that has to be investigated in a criminal, you know, criminally in, in the court system. Whereas the first one is just like a, he's, Ralph Northam is doing this dance of like apologizing a lot, but basically saying he won't resign, which I also love. I also love when people are like, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry enough to like do whatever it is, the people that I hurt are asking me to do. Like that's another interesting apology dance that we do in the United States. We're just not good at apologizing here, but why do you get to decide that you're done, that you've done the healing? Why do you get to decide that the speeches that you give that that is all an even exchange? Like what if it's just not I know I sound like some sort of crazy like marxist, but I don't care about these old men's jobs. I don't care because people, you know, in our country poor people can lose their job because they missed one shift of work. Your car could break down and you don't have enough money to pay to get your car fixed. So then you can't make it to work on time. So then you lose your job. And then you can't make enough money to get another, you know, get your car fixed so you can go on other job interviews. People struggle so much. And yet it seems that people who get into the most privileged positions, that all you have to do is not do some dumb shit. You know, I have never taken pictures like dressed up like a Nazi or something like that. Like to me it's not that hard to avoid doing. Maybe in 40 years when I'm re- running for president, then people bring up parts of this podcast that I recorded and say that it was offensive. I don't know, but right now I don't think I've done anything that's like super inflammatory just because my humor doesn't usually lie along the lines of like making fun of like slavery and genocides and like people who are already oppressed in a country where I'm, you know, stand on top of them on. Like I don't really get why that's a source of humor for you anyway. It it really is, I don't think people get that like, it's not just an apology. It's that every time you do this stuff, you are just reminding people like me where we stand in your eyes. I don't look in the mirror every day and see a joke. I also have never stood in the mirror and been like, what if I put like my, you know, this light foundation all over my face? What would happen? That's so funny. (laughs) Like, there is not a tradition of like, making fun of white people the way it is, you know, it's not reversible. So when people say reverse racism, that's stupid, and all the equivocation we do, it's just, there's just no there's just no equivalent for this nonsense and I don't get people's obsession with it I didn't even get to the fact that the attorney general also had blackface pictures surface. so all three of the people who would be you know the ones in command it would go from the governor to the lieutenant governor then to the attorney general they're all having scandals at the same time throw the whole state away we don't really need you you just have a bunch of plantations that people visit and don't really talk about the significance of what happened there. They just like to get married on, which we're going to talk about next week. And I don't really know what's going on with this country, but, like, it's kind of weird right now. Like, cut it out with a blackface. It's It's fucking weird. Hi. Hello, is this Laze? Yes. How can I help you? Hi, I'm calling because I... You know, there's just a lot going on today with, like, police brutality and Me Too and hashtags. But I don't really have time to go to marches. I'm not going to lose my coin for some walking around outside. Like, why are they during the day, these marches? Whose plan was that? I got to go to work. We understand. Tell me a little bit about yourself. What are you interested in? I hate sports. I like everything else. Do you know who Colin Kaepernick is? Yeah, that fine dude with the big luscious fro it looks like you want to just jump in it and roll around like it's a cloud, like it's like a pillow and that if you jump on it, it would, like, project you up to the heavens and you'd be like, boosh, wee! <laughs> right. So you've already been acquainted with his work. That's great. We think you should boycott the Super Bowl. <gasps> what? Okay. Yeah. You weren't really going to watch it anyway and you only go for the wings. But if you tell everybody else they're not being woke for boycotting and make a big deal about how much boycotting you did, then it'll seem like you care about shit. Wow. Thanks, Lays. You're welcome. Good night, Kelechi. Call us anytime. All right, that is our show. I told you it was going to get weird or you didn't know it was going to get metatheatrical. It's, I'm just being weird. It's my birthday. All right. Not much more to say, except I would love to engage with you guys to answer your questions. Comments. So please get at me at cakeandkombucha at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Kalezie. That's K-E-L-E-Z as in zebra, I-E. And get at me. I want to hear what you think. I want to hear what you're thinking about this week. Send me stories. Send me anything. Say hello. Send me a weird meme. All right. Cake and Kombucha is produced by me, Kalezie Azie, in various hidey holes and sewers around New York. It features the music of the beautiful Melanie J.B. Charles. If you like what you hear, hit her up on Spotify or go to MelanieJBCharles.com. See you next week.